No pants at Pride. Only jorts. Hello and welcome to Love It or Weave It, where we let you know if we love an anime enough to recommend it to everyone or if it's just for the worst of the weaves. I'm Annie and I need the Pretty Boy Detective Club to solve why I still haven't gotten my stimmy. Where's my money, Biden? Have you not actually? <laughs> That's a problem, isn't it? Well, no, he's supposed to give us two grand. He only gave us oh, 1400 <laughs> I'm Jeff and I want the Pretty Boy Detective Club to solve the mystery of why Annie has such bad taste. What is wrong with you? You don't be rich. <laughs> If you're new to the podcast, each week we watch the first three episodes of a new anime and cast our votes to love it or we bit. Today we're covering Pretty Boy Detective Club, which is subbed and I guess being dubbed on Funimation. It's, I mean, it's definitely a boy detective club. It's Pretty Boy Detective Club. It's it's Pretty Boy I'll Detective Club. I'll kill you, I swear to God. Before we get into that, Annie, what have you been watching or reading in the realm of anime? Nada. What about you? <laughs> Oh, I should have said, Annie, what have you been watching or reading in the realm of To Your Eternity? Because that's all I've kept watching. <laughs> oh my god, this is not the To Your Eternity weekly update. Okay, I know I said I wouldn't make it into that, but uh, it. so I basically caught up on, there were two episodes that I was behind on, and so this is the beginning of, I guess, the third story arc, the second big story arc, and I. this is also the story arc that I fell off of in the manga, like I stopped reading in the middle of, and I forgot how good it is i don't know why i fell off that's kind of sad but the focus it's still a young character but it's a young boy now and he's not that he's not baby age like march he's like probably supposed to be like elementary school maybe young middle school age and it's much more tragic from the get-go i mean i guess a young girl being sacrificed is supposed to be tragic but you know do you just hate women jeff (laughs) you're the one that hated her more than me yes but i didn't see this in the new arc so i can't decide what's more tragic (laughs) Well, this this new arc's about like a boy who has like an older brother, and he like the you know, the two brothers are you know surviving together, but then the young the older brother disappears, and he has to fend for himself, and he almost dies, and he he's the um character in the opening that has the um like clay lizard mask thing over covering his face. Okay, so far being sacrificed is still a little more tragic. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's what I find more relatably tragic about it is that it's like the things he's struggling with, even though it's still a, um, I don't know what, t- what era it's supposed to be taking place in, but it's still like a, you know, not a very high level of society. Like it's still like, like his lifestyle is like tending to a field and like cooking food and selling things in a market. Did you say not high level? Like it's not like modern society. It's like some kind of ancient times. I'm not sure how ancient. I was like, is there a twist that I didn't get? Like it's been a simulation this whole time? No, no. Um, Well, I just mean like it's not – like we were talking about like it's going to eventually – eventually be in relatively present day and it's still you know ancient times but the stuff that he's dealing with about like persecution and being bullied like it's very it started giving me even more explicit uh asylum voice vibes because it's about being persecuted and like like he you know it's not spoiling things too much that he has that mask on because he's ashamed of his face and stuff which is uh really cool to watch no, i just find it much more relatable and and also at this point fushi is actually <laughs> talking a little bit so like he actually has like a character and a personality but it's i also one thing i really appreciate that the anime has added over the manga is that um like at this point in the story of the manga when he starts talking like the sentences are pretty simplistic but like you know i hadn't really what they've done in the anime annotation is he speaks i i should have this up i haven't looked up who is the voice actor for fushi but the way they speak reminds me of the of the deaf character in silent voice who hmm. was that was that voice by a deaf actress i can't remember it was or at least oh i think it was just the english version i think it was in english yeah yeah i think the japanese version wasn't as sensitive about that but yeah i mean it makes sense that they have a similar kind of speech style because fushi's was a character who's never heard things before or like is just you know just training those muscles for the first time um but i don't know part of me wonders if like is it a little, is it insensitive to be like i don't know because he's not literally a deaf character so to eternity continues to be good. My other bit, since you had anime news last time, I have anime news this time, which is <laughs> the most absurd. Um, so Digimon Adventure, the 2020 reboot, um, still watching it each week, still podcasting each week. And they recently did this big climactic battle that like resolved a bunch of story they've been building up for a while. And there's still going to be who knows how many episodes left. The latest rumor is like 15 or so. But it's totally unconfirmed how many are left. But there's still episodes coming out. And this final climactic battle is the first episode. So the, the show has been simulcast on like Crunchyroll in 
most territories like Anime Lab in Australia, also Hulu in places where Hulu exists, I guess. And this final climactic battle is the first episode to just not be on Hulu. So it's like <laughs> everything's yeah. been coming on Hulu consistently. And then this final climactic battle, nope. And when asked about it on Twitter, Hulu was like, um, so we only have license up to episode 49. We don't have anything past 50. And it's like, <laughs> what's a, what a weird, oh, I feel bad for anyone who was trying to watch on Hulu. Just like in the middle of a climactic battle. Nope. No last episode. R.I.P. <laughs> Yeah. But speaking of things mysteriously disappearing. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Do I have to introduce it? Because I picked it. Yeah, it's your burden. It's your fault. Okay. So <laughs> the Pretty Boy Detective Club is about some pretty boys who are in a detective club. Oh, and, wow. Uh, th- there you go. They're trying to solve shit. And there's one girl and she's like, oh, no, I'm trying to find something can you help me? And they're like, yeah, what is it, girl? And she's like, a star. And, and that's where they lost me. That's where they lost you? That's where they lost me. About 10 minutes in, not even five minutes in, she's like, I'm looking for a star. I can't find it. Like, babe, that you're you're out of luck. Yeah. Also, she's needs to find this star before she turns uh, for her second. She turns fourteen, aka yeah. her second year of middle school, because that's when she was told by. Because since she started saw the star as a kid, she's dreamed to become an astronaut, and her parents told her that she could only have that childish dream up until her second year of middle school, and then she had to give up her childish dream. And she worries that she will have lost the last ten years of her life searching for the star. And I'm like, what? It's not like you've like made strides towards becoming an astronaut in the last 10 years of your life. Like it's not like when you were six years old, you were trained to become an astronaut. Like what are you wasting? Yeah. She's just, just staring at the sky for 10 years. <laughs> okay. So this was just like a worse or on high school host club. I'll just say it oh, right wow. off from the bat. So it, yeah, it does have strong reverse harem vibes because there is a club of pretty boys. Yes. Very explicitly. And a female main character who is thrust into the pretty boy club she's poor and also literally voiced by the same voice actor as haruhi from oran high school host club <laughs> so it's the same show except worse <laughs> but i do like the designs more i'm a fool so there's a lot of interesting legacy behind the show which i had no idea of when you first recommended it and i'd seen people talk about it the most notable is that it's so the writer is nisio isin who is pretty famous for the Monogatari series. Um, but it's not just a Nisio Isin series. It's the convergence of Nisio Isin and his um, regular collaborators. So it's Nisio Isin writing, animated by Studio Shaft. Okay, so rule number one for a Monogatari-esque series, written by Nisio Isin. Rule number two, animated Studio Shaft. Rule number three, directed by Akiyuki Shimbo. And it follows those three rules. What's the fourth rule? Oh, I guess I could actually use the fourth rule. Uh, the character designs are by someone named Kinako, which um, just means mushroom. Um, which, okay. No, it doesn't. I made that up. Take that out. Edit that out, Jeff. I was confused because um, so Kinako does not mean mushroom. Kinoko means mushroom. Wow. How could you lie to everyone just And like I think that? the, like, I think the, one of the people behind Fate goes by Kin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why I was confused. Because the, the main author of Fate, the Fate series, their first name is Kinoko. And it's like used as a euphemism for penis because it's like a mushroom <gasps> a penis. So I was confused with Kinako sounds similar. Anyway, okay. So Monogatari is a huge beast of a series. Do you have any passing familiarity with it? I tried to watch it and I was so confused and scared that I ran away. <laughs> I have not tried to even get into it because it just seems like there's so many different installments. And I hear such conflicting reports about like lots of people who I do respect talking about how it totally um, is worth looking past the gross harem-esque vibe to it but that those vibes are totally there and it's it seems like it the format is basically a bland protagonist boy who gets involved in a world full of monster girls and solves all their problems and i assume they all fall in love with him kind of ew i hate that but apparently it has really good writing it has really interesting stories really really excellent animation really i've heard really good things about the the way the animes are way the anime seasons are like structured in terms of like having like a couple episode arcs for each each girl basically and like changing the opening song each time to theme around the girl and like having so it just seems like there is a lot of good to the series but also a lot of skeeviness that has kept me at arm's length um the other thing is that nisio isin is known for most so madaka box is one of those series that i've just heard referenced a lot but don't actually know anything about it um but more recently juni tyson which was uh oh boy it was it was a show, I guess. I don't know. It sure did exist. Did you watch much of it? I watched the whole thing. <laughs> oh. I was pretty 
intrigued by it for some i don't know why i didn't finish it though yeah and there's no point and one of the big complaints i heard about it was that it like it's like battle royale format right but also themed entirely around the chinese zodiac in a way that tells you exactly who's gonna die and when in what order uh, yeah absolutely but like so yeah there was like there was no mystery and like who was gonna die because it's like well they're just gonna go in that order um but you kept watching it anyway i did i don't know why <laughs> I thought it was executed pretty well, but not enough to keep me watching the whole thing. I just, I think I liked some of the character designs and I was a fool. So I just kept watching. Did you just like the the murder bunny boy that had no clothes on? Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Guilty. Um, But yeah, I think... I don't know enough about Nisio Isin's writing to like know... What happened there? (laughs) (laughs) No, not not what you can say. I mean, with the show, like, I don't know. I don't know enough of his hallmarks. I I can tell, like, the visual style of the show feels like all the praise that I've heard about Shaft and uh, and Shimbo. And it definitely has a lot of style. Like, there's, hmm, at various points, I was like, I really like the style. I like the character designs that you're mentioning. And other character designs are also, uh, the character designer also did a bunch of Monogatari designs and Gachapon Crowds designs. I thought it was a really good show. Anyway, the art style and aesthetic for the show i really like when there's lots of stars on screen i really like it but also at various points i realized oh the style of this series is just put as much on screen as possible just like make it as dense as possible and to mix results i guess yeah i think there was also like a lot of like just endless talking and not enough action and i don't mean like fighting action just like nothing was happening on the screen except for the characters staring at each other and like ranting about their lives or something but wow they looked so pretty while they did it yeah honestly i won't lie to you the opening is what kept me going <laughs> the opening is really good like they keep dancing and it's the same um artist or the same band that did the opening for Wodakoi, mm. which uh i still love what an absolute banger this one's not as good but it's still good it was pretty catchy like and the dancing was so cute was there a controversy with the dancing i don't know if there's controversy with the dancing in particular like, do they still dance moves or? I thought there was like something where they like looked like they were copying someone else. Oh. But I don't remember. So I will not claim that. I mean, maybe that happened like nine weeks ago and we missed it. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> but I, like the main draw of this will be, I guess, just the character designs and how cute the boys are because the series is kind of boring. A hot lady does show up. In the third oh, episode? Yeah. I was like, this seems like Annie's kind of character. Absolutely obsessed with her. She showed up, limo, titties out, like ready to cause some trouble. I was like, hey, girl. Okay, so the other um, interesting legacy behind the show is that, um, I don't know what point, I think it was when they started talking about the main character being quote unquote a Kogoro that I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I had to look things up, but I'm glad I did because I learned about this interesting legacy that, okay, so everyone knows Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, like wrote the Sherlock books. Sure, yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. His estate, apparently one of the things that are still in public domain are the like stories where Sherlock becomes more of a human likable character. And so now they're like suing people if the adaptations of Sherlock make him too likable or something. I don't know. Anyway. So he was foundational in English writing and stuff. And so there's a Japanese mystery writer, uh, Edgar Rampo, who I think did writing around the 1920s. Yeah, okay. So, so Edgar Rampo was a mystery writer in Japan who started writing in the 20s and had stuff basically coming out until the looks like 50s and 1960 and stuff. And I think the most, the thing that that, you know, most informs that is relevant to like us as anime manga fans is Case Closed, Detective Conan, um, which. Yeah. So it's like two layers removed from from um, Sherlock. But uh, one of Edgar Rampo's like main series of stories was called Boys Detective Club. And it was um, basically like, so it was literally like Boys Detective Club is Shonen Tante Dan. And Pretty Boy Detective Club is Be Shonen Tante Dan. Literally just added the character for Pretty in front. And it's <laughs> the exact same title. So, and the, the connection to Kogoro, they don't really explain in translation in this show. Uh, one of the main characters of Edgar Rampo's stories was a character named Kogoro, Kogoro Akechi, mm. who also is the namesake of Goro Akechi in Persona 5. But anyway, uh, Kogoro Akechi was the like detective hero. And so the joke in this series is that they say that he's the main character's busy because he's Kogoro. And then she, I guess, is like, oh, so he's like a detective hero lead character. And then they actually like... 
that the name Kokoro was written with the characters for elementary school and five years and because he's a fifth grader. So embarrassing and weird. That part yeah. was very weird for me. So yeah, that leads to the um my biggest I haven't really not said my thoughts about the series because I I kind of loved it. I think I really, <gasps> really, really liked it. But my huge reservation is like never have I felt more awkward about how young the characters are. These are tiny babies. And I think it's especially because, I mean, the most obnoxious about that is the lead character who is a fifth grader. But the fact that they keep like, it's like built into the series title and concept is how pretty they are. And they're all middle, sorry, most of them are middle school students. And one of them's elementary school students. It's like, hmm, I can at least look past that for um my king Michiru, the red-haired Adonis. Oh, okay. Yes. Honestly, best boy. I won't lie to you. <laughs> yeah, he's best boy. Second best boy, Nagahiro, the um Silver Hair. Yeah, Silver Hair and his specialty was um his voice. voice. Oh yeah. obsessed with him. <laughs> um so the two of them, definitely the best characters, but like they don't look like middle school students. I'm like, look at these are like late high school students. They're not canonically. But making them middle school students is kind of messed up because now I'm like, uh, I can't love any of you, actually. Yeah, that. So I, that's the part I feel really uncomfortable about. And that, that's not even getting to the um, the bare legged elephant in the room, which is Yota, and how much the camera just loves his legs way, way, way too much. Listen for this child. It's pretty horrible, actually. That. Like the, the the my qualms with how young the characters are and how much they're harping and how pretty they are feels like more of a personal qualm to me. But Hyota's legs, I'm like, it's just I think that's the main reason I can't recommend the show to people because I would I would be put on a, a sex offender registration list if I did. Yeah, you'd be put on a list like me. Yeah. For that one time I googled the wrong thing. <laughs> that one time you googled. I can't believe. Honestly, it would the jokes would not bother me if the camera didn't hold. You know. Yeah, like if they talked about how his legs were like beautiful. Yeah, because like I would do that. <laughs> you know, if I had beautiful legs like that, I'd be like, absolutely, I am stunning. Here are my legs. But the fact that it holds on them for so long while he's talking and not shows his face, I was like, ugh, you guys. <laughs> Yeah, that makes me wonder if that's like a an awkward bit of an awkward thing that's like added in translation from from light novel to manga to anime where like in a light novel form, I mean, you know, the characters are illustrated and there's like a couple of illustrations per volume, whatever. And, you know, the prose can describe how beautiful his legs are over and over again without actually having to physically show it to you all the time. But then once you adapt that to manga and to anime, then it's like, okay, but if you actually show us the legs the whole time, that's creepy. Stop it. It's true. I was very uncomfortable but i did like his character other than the weird fetish like i feel bad even like the, the tweet that we posted on the post that we the gif that we posted on twitter showing like asking for questions and having the, the kids da- the three three of the characters dancing like the fact that he's dancing and i'm like oh no his legs are so <laughs> they're not that emphasized in that but he's still his pants are very short his shorts are very short it's true but if you got him flaunt him i say but <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did. I was just very impressed with the writing had lots of twists and turns and felt dense in a like, I didn't exactly know where I was going kind of way. And it felt like riveting in the good ways where there were twists and turns. And I kind of expect a show like this, a a detective show to have clunky writing when it comes to like, a character is going to walk on screen and explain how the mystery happened and like, just walk you through what happened. And at least in these first three episodes, which I'm worried maybe it's not representative for the whole show. It felt like they avoided that um, extreme awkward delivery by having like lots of different characters explain lots of different things. But I see your point that like in the end, it was still just characters explaining things. Yeah, I think they were all pretty enough that I didn't mind too much. But they're also like babies. Yes, that's the problem. I'm old. I'm on death's door. I can't do this anymore. I'm. It feels illegal. Like I have consumed lots of anime where kids are young. Like. I make a podcast about Digimon where they're all elementary school students, but like the show doesn't, I'm not used to the show, like endorsing how beautiful these children are. Please stop. Like we're going to jail for watching this is what I, how I feel. Like (laughs) it's, there's not like, at least when characters are high school, high schoolers. Nope. We can't, we can't do it. 
It's not that it's actually better when they're high schoolers because they're still underage, for sure. But it just makes it seem more fetishistic that they're not high school age, that they're even younger. Like, and I, th- I think the reason they're younger is tying into it really feels like the concept of this show is Nisio Isin was a fan of Edgar Rampo and a fan of those boy detective club stories and was literally just, what if instead of Shonen, it was be Shonen, pretty boys. And that's the entire like concept of the series. And then just let's take that title, be Shonen Tante Dan, pretty boy detective club. And what would that title mean? Let's make it as literal as possible, but then have some fun twists in the literal meanings. And I, th- I think part of that is like Shonen is a big part of it. Boys is a big part of it. So let's make them embody the spirit of boy as much as possible, which I gets put, I get, I guess puts them at this age and I don't like it. Ugh, I, w- yeah. I would I would find it much more appealing if it was like high schoolers who were all nevertheless embodying the spirit of being young boys and we're not literally fifth grader. Yeah. <laughs> I also forget that middle school starts in like sixth grade for some oh, yeah. people. Well, so, so, like- so in, the, in the Japanese system, elementary school is up until fifth grade and then middle school is six, seven, eight. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, elementary school is up through and including sixth grade, and then middle school is seven, eight, nine, and then high school is 10, 11, 12. I enjoyed, did you like the weird, I thought it was weird, but also nice, I guess, when um, the main character, Mayumi, she was being followed, and they're like, don't worry, we'll make you a pretty boy, and then Manavu was like, you're too pretty, actually, you need, you would not be without a girlfriend, so I'm going to be a girl. <laughs> And I'm going to walk you home as Hatsune Miku. And (laughs) and it was so strange. He's literally just Hatsune Miku. And I laughed really hard. I was enjoying it, but like, it was still weird. I liked how after they got, even though they were in disguise, they still got uh, kidnapped. They still got kidnapped. But then like when they were in the car and uh, that lead detective guy Manabu is like calls out the lady and is like I forget what, what he says but he basically like he's too audacious and then she's just like is he is he stupid is he dumb like did I think he was smart and he's just really dumb yes he's an idiot but I I appreciate how like I was alluding to before like it really feels like they tried to like embody the I, I thought it was fun and they kept being like okay the three rules are you need to be need to be pretty need to be boy need to be detective um and then they like add like and then you need to be a club because we're a family <laughs> teamwork um and i like how they they are subversive with some of the with the pretty and the boy part that for the pretty it's like it's not just about outward beauty it's about having some beautiful skill basically yeah and though they also are just you know stunning stunning and also literal children but all right yes let's keep it <laughs> let's keep that clear and that the boy part of it it's kind of glossed over but like it was neat that in the end of the third episode they're like oh you just need you just need to be a boy at heart so yeah just be a boy at heart and you can join the pretty boy detective club i thought that was cute yeah i think that was a fun cute thing also very Oron high school host club of them to have the one girl member of the oh. <laughs> of the club is she, is she actually become like a host in Oran high school club yes mm-hmm. oh, i didn't know that she has to work to pay off her debt because she broke a very expensive base and so she just pretends to be a boy and works for them mm. you really need to watch that never the kids are so into it right now are they really yeah it's like had a resurgence <laughs> that's really weird i know it came out like 15 years ago i just find like i can't predict what the kids get into nana they're into Nana? Mm-hmm. I think it's more like, I'm like, Kakaguri, really? That yes. show? Listen, it's all about the aesthetic. Just like Manavu was saying, everything has to be aesthetically pleasing, and then the kids are into it. One thing I kind of was sad that was kind of lost in translation is that each of the characters, like, they have, like, a title. Let me look up some of these titles. Um, like, they refer to uh, Mayumi eventually gets the title of Seer, right? Mayumi the Seer, Manabu the Aesthet. Aesthet? I'm not used to that being a noun form. The noun form of aesthetic? Aesthet? Aesthet? I don't know. Aesthetic? And it, a, a person say. who appreciates aesthetics, basically. Um, Nagahira the Orator, uh, Michiru the Epicure, uh, Hyota the Adonis, which he's a child, stop it. Um, Sosaku the Artiste. And anyway, what's lost in translation of those titles is that in Japanese, they are all um, basically like the B in B Shonen. It's basically each one of those titles is B with some other thing. So like uh, Mayumi the Seer is it's like Beacon, like pretty, pretty view. And uh, uh, the main detective guy is like pretty studies, which is what gets translated to aesthetic because it's just into beauty in all its forms. And the order is like 
beautiful voice. The hot redheaded guy is a beautiful food. He's a child. Okay. He does not look like a child. Listen, yeah, I think Nagahiro and Michiru are the ones that look the oldest. They definitely feel like the adults, and they should be. Yeah, and like Michiru was like giving life advice and like is cooking everything for everyone. And I was like, real dad vibes over here. <laughs> but I also don't get like, even in this fictional universe, I can't imagine like 14 year olds hanging out with 10 year olds. Like, no. Yeah, I would have thrown myself into the river because I would not be seen with a 10 year old. And being led by a 10 year old. No, I absolutely not. No, thank you. <laughs> um, but. Oh, we haven't even mentioned. So we talked about the naked-legged uh, elephant in the room, but Ew. it didn't even come up the uh, the first greater lollicon elephant in the room, <laughs> which okay. I guess was not as huge of a part of these episodes as I thought it was going to be once it was first mentioned. Okay, because they said they were making fun of him for having what, like a lolly complex or whatever. Yeah, he has a lolly complex because he has a girlfriend who's in first grade. But but it's not his, really his girlfriend. It's just his parents set him up with like a engagement yeah, against his Yeah, an will. arranged marriage, and she just happens to be in first grade. Which... Ew. <sighs> Is this going to come up later? I don't know. I it's it's the kind of thing that just from these three episodes is not weird until you make it weird, and they made it weird. They made it a little weird, yeah. I feel like yeah. honestly, though, if you were in middle school and one of your friends had an arranged marriage with a first grader, you definitely would make the same joke. I think. Yeah, that's true. Like you're in middle school, I would bully the shit out of my friends for being engaged <laughs> to a first grader. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I've ever been in that situation where my friends had engaged marriages. Yeah, they'd be like, "Hi, your your fiance is what." They're learning their ABCs. <laughs> like, so, yeah, that's fair. That, that is realistic. But, like, <laughs> like, I'm like, here's a Capri Sun. Go give it to your girlfriend. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you thought about this way too much. It's funny. Like, it's middle school. That's when you bully your friends the most, I think. As if you don't still bully your friends. I still definitely bully my friends, but you're a lot more mean in middle school. <laughs> Anyways, I didn't hate it. I liked it more than I thought I would initially, but I do wish they would shut up sometimes. <laughs> The thing is, like, I don't have any, I don't have any delusion that it's going to be some amazing piece of art in the end. And I, I bet, I bet there's going to be something that makes me stop watching. Like, I bet it's going to, I'm going to be bored by some, by some point, maybe not even finish the first season. But like, when these first three episodes, like, I w- was really enjoying the ride. And like, I feel like it was, it really met my bar of, of a mystery concept that like, had just enough twists and turns to keep me on my feet and to keep me thrilled. And like, I don't have a good, um, you know, relationship with these series scenes, previous works, but I feel like, you know, he's a writer of a certain caliber. And I feel like that showed in these first few episodes, like I was, um, you know, kind of blown away by how, how decent the writing was. Yeah. Better than expected, I think. But I don't, yeah, I don't know if I could actually recommend it to people. <laughs> I absolutely could not recommend this to someone who's not already a weeb. Like this is oh, for yeah. weeaboo garbage. Um, but I, I would recommend it to people who like harems or reverse harems. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing that makes me really uncomfortable is like, if someone's into pretty boys, this is totally a show for them, but also it shouldn't be because they're tiny children. Listen, if it's, it's like a high schooler's like, hey, what anime is cute? And it's like, kind of like we're in high school host club. I'd be like, oh man, do I have something for you? Like, pretty boy detective <laughs> club, sign up. But, I, I don't think you should be talking to that many high school students, Annie. Listen, <laughs> that's creepy. I have siblings. They are young. <laughs> You you have an arranged fiance that's in high school that you need that's to give anime recommendations to. No, thank you. <laughs> so Ugh. we love pretty boys. We just wish they were age appropriate. The show feels like when we we're talking about Odd Taxi, and I'm like, this Odd Taxi does not feel quote unquote very anime. This is like on the opposite end of the spectrum, extremely anime. It's like anime to every absurd degree. Yeah, it goes zero to a hundred so quick. She's like, I'm looking for a star. And they're like, by the way, that was a secret government satellite that got shot down and you are a witness to a crime. And it's like, whoa. Oh, the other interesting reference to the original, um, you know, Boy Detective Club stories is that what do they call that woman that you love? Like she's supposed to be like an organization called the 20s or something. Oh, she called somebody else by a number. Yeah, like they had different numbers, and they were, I think she was saying that she worked for the twenties. The um, I think what that's referencing is that there is a um, 
it seems like so there's one of the stories of the of the boy detective club series was fiend with 20 faces and it seems like that's kind of i think that that entity that like that fiend with 20 faces is kind of like the moriarty to the the kogoro akechi in the enagawa rampo stories so so i think that's what she's kind of standing in for that she is probably the leader of the organization and she has 20 different faces but maybe they're going to meet her in different faces or something it's kind of cool that is cool and i'm obsessed with her (laughs) she's like breaking out of jail is just a hobby for me i was like oh absolutely (laughs) she had like a good outfit just didn't hold a grudge was just ready to start the next adventure love her she's age appropriate for me i think (laughs) hopefully hopefully she's not like a high school student what if she's just like hi i'm in um ninth grade (laughs) (laughs) oh my god like they could do that can you imagine (laughs) i love how i'm just looking at like the wikipedia descriptions and it's like ray she is not a good person but she is a beautiful woman who loves her friends okay (laughs) (laughs) me oh no apparently there are characters that actually explicitly cross over with the monogatari series oh well guess i have to watch that now huh no no you don't cool thank god i didn't <laughs> want to do that um but yeah i'm kind of hooked and i don't i would still weep it though <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to weave it but it's much better than the other things we've weaved i think this season what else yeah i think i like this more than everything other than backflip you didn't actually love backflip i did it was fun like two weeks from now you're gonna remember haikyuu this and be like sorry i've blanked out back from, from my memory uh, speaking of haikyuu um the main detective fifth grader his voice actor is hinata's voice actor wow same character yeah and i think They're both short to do i think I remember because red hair and then the voice actor also plays Kirishima from my hero, red hair. Oh. So I thought of you and I was like, oh, look at him go. <laughs> look, look at him. Look at his red hair go. Look at him play your different red haired characters. <laughs> my red hair is almost gone. R.I.P. Like not from a like balding standpoint, but from a like my hair is just fading. The sun. Oh. oh yeah. You don't go outside. How could it be the sun? <laughs> No. I knew that would come because, like, as a kid, like, I'd look at my dad's hair and be like, that's not red. And then I'd look at old pictures and he used to have red hair. And it's like, it's going to be me someday. And now it is me today. How do you even know what's red or not? I don't. That's Sorry. the problem. <laughs> like, that's not red. It's like, what? how do you know what red is? I inherited my, my dad's fading red hair and my mom's, you know, the red hair from one side of the family and the color blindness from the other side of the family. It's the perfect package. We weeped it. Did we have any questions? We did get some questions. We've addressed some of them in passing, but <laughs> first comment from from at D. Blazelle, leg. Facts. <laughs> Spitting fire. <laughs> what? Nothing. Okay. It's okay, Jeff. We'll move on. Okay. Uh, and at Corona Bono, asked us to talk about the character designs and they said pretty is very subjective they excuse me they're objectively beautiful (laughs) i was gonna say they're an acquired taste because an acquired taste do they feel too catboy to you do they feel too catboy what yeah like uh hyota the leg one like cat mouth they all have like Uh, cat eyes a little bit they're like cat boys some of them i mean the only two that i will like (laughs) die on oh god continue (laughs) The only two that I will like die on the hill of defending are Michiru and Nagahiro. The others are all like. Mm-hmm. I liked Sosaku, the little tailor and artist. He they said is... zero words. I, I I I don't know how I feel about him and how he's like he's an ex- another example of the most extreme. Like this is a middle school student who is chairman of a company. <laughs> That also is the company that runs the school. Like, and a beautiful artist. And he doesn't talk? How does he do that while not talking? Doesn't He just doesn't need words. He just conveys it somehow. <laughs> yeah, he just uses art, I guess. I loved him, though. Uh, and also, he didn't speak. And I was like, thank you for this break from these chatty boys. <laughs> I, I guess that is the appeal. That he's just there and doesn't talk in a show full of everyone talking. Loved him. I mean, the main character girl, when she's in boy form, is pretty cute, I guess. But like, not like, oh my god so pretty did love also obsessed with how she's like i'm looking for a star and there's literally stars in her eyes all of the time wow it's like a metaphor or something it's just like too on the nose character design i think (laughs) uh one thing i did not we'll get to the last question in a second but the one thing i i so i i I started watching the next episode episode four but i didn't get very far and it seems like what they do is the beginning of each case it seems like the the first case is three episodes and then each case after that is about two episodes 
Um, and it seems like at the beginning of each case, they have like a title card with a quote that in retrospect, the quote for this first case was um, the like Voltaire, I disapprove of what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it quote, yeah. which like, first off, disgusting. I hate that quote so much. Also, what? Does it have to do with this case at all? Absolutely nothing. It was yeah, useless. That that feels like the height of pretentious writing to just put in a, not just a famous quote, but a famous like highfalutin, smart sounding quote just to make your work seem smarter. And then it actually has no bearing or connection to the actual contents and then be like, but it makes you think, huh? It's like, no. No. Ugh. I mean, the the one twist where like the the main character talks about that quote and says like, well, the one caveat to this quote is like, it's true until you're dead or whatever. It was kind of nice to like seem acknowledging that's kind of bullshit, but also why was it even there? Truly. But yeah, it seems like I don't remember what the quote was in the second arc, but probably not going to be that relevant. Uh, but the last question from from Lum of Manga Mavericks podcast, which I'm saying because I can never read their Twitter handle, <laughs> Lum Ranma Yasha. Anyway, um, does the fixation on Kyoto's bare legs bother you? A thousand percent yes. Yes. It mostly comes off, mostly comes across as a comedic slash quirky thing to me, but I know a lot of folks are turned off by it because it happens so much that it feels like a fetish thing. It definitely feels like a fetish thing. Absolutely, you are correct. It feels like a fetish thing. I don't like it. Yeah, it just... You can make a joke about it and be like, look at his legs. Wow. And then just not hold the camera on it and have him, like him sitting like that. Like, where he's always putting his legs in the air is funny. Like, I do mm-hmm. laugh every single time. Because, <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. Show off those legs, baby. But um, having the camera, like, close up on them and they're, like, shining. Ew. Yeah, like, it's funny. It also fits into the, like, the boy spirit. Like, for everyone's familiar with the um, that character in the Pokemon games who... Ugh, what's 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 the shit of that character who says like I'm never gonna stop wearing pants or never gonna stop wearing shorts because um, he wants to be a youngster for life or whatever so like it's it's a it kind of exists in Western culture the idea that like shorts are a childish thing but I think it's even more ingrained in Japanese culture where it's like kids wear shorts adults don't wear shorts so like it it fits the yeah, this character who's like my whole thing is I'm gonna always wear shorts but he is definitely the most fetishistic of the characters. But I honestly started to feel about everyone that it's like talking about how pretty and beautiful these characters are while they're at most 14. Most of them are 12 or 13. And it's like, I get that a lot of the audience is going to be around that age. And for them, it's not weird. But like, you know, there are like probably the bulk of sales and stuff like the people that are buying merch and propping up the industry are older and like, why? It's Mm. true. (laughs) I mean, at least it is. At least it is boys and not girls. Yeah, let's fetishize boys for once (laughs) i just find that much like the idea of like women in their 20s buying stuff like this and like talking about how pretty these boys are feels like a thousand degrees less gross than men in their 20s talking about how girls that age are pretty because like it's true i don't know when, when i imagine women in their 20s talking or like thinking about how pretty these boys are i imagine more like being nostalgic for their youth and like how much they wish they had a person like that in their lives when i think of men in their 20s or 30s whatever i imagine them actually wanting a girlfriend like that at that age at that time you know like i don't know maybe it's a little sexist in me to <laughs> attribute more malice to men but no you're right and you should say it and you should say it often <laughs> <laughs> okay Men are disgusting. But the the last part of Lum's question was, do you read Mayumi as a trans boy or just gender nonconforming? Um, I would say, I don't know, maybe gender nonconforming, but really I was just saying like, oh, they are fine dressing as a boy, but are still a girl. Yeah, I... I think it's hard, really hard to tell from these first three episodes because yes. we got little. It was so situational, like so. Um, yeah. Baked into like to do this thing for our scheme, I'm going to dress as a boy and be happy with it. But the fact that she continues to dress as a boy is what intrigues me, and I'm really curious to see how that, you know, like uh, how she talks and identifies over the course of the series. Because honestly, my my impression was like I don't even know if I would have attributed them as gender nonconforming. Just been like, oh, it's a funny shtick. But I guess the fact that she is like willingly and regularly dressing up as a boy you know or i don't know like my other thing is like clothes doesn't matter what clothes you wear yeah that part of me is like clothes are bullshit like i don't like i don't love the idea of like if you wear boys clothing then like that has to imply any kind of gender identity or even expression like clothes are i don't know yeah i was gonna bring it back to oran again but Mm -hmm. like because like 
how he dresses like as a boy and pretends to be a boy for the host club, but I was also just like, yeah, I'm a girl. Um, but I also don't care, boy or girl, what you call me. And that felt more gender nonconforming when they explicitly were just like, I really don't care which gender you call me. And then Mayumi hasn't said anything like that yet. So we really can't, mm. we can't assume they're just wearing pants. Yeah, like she's mostly wearing pants. And like, I love the idea of that being a queer thing. And I want to add my queer reading on top of everything as much as possible. But like, also like, that doesn't need to be a queer thing. Like... Everyone should be allowed to wear pants. That's my pride take. Pants aren't gay. Let people wear pants. No pants at pride. No pants at pride. (laughs) Only jorts. Only jorts. (laughs) Only jorts at pride. Oh, God. No kink jorts only. Oh, God. That's someone's kink, though. Oh, God. I guess I shouldn't joke about that because people (laughs) will think I'm serious. But Only jorts at pride. (laughs) Oh my god. If you wear pants, you're out. If you wear any kind of leather pant or short, you're out. Only jorts. <laughs> oh god. That's no the, cops at Pride. Only Jojo Siwa with a flamethrower. <laughs> what? It's a good tweet. You missed it. Apparently. How old is she? 18. Wow. 18. She's a, child. a fresh baby. We love our lesbian icon. So her Twitter handle is It's Jojo Siwa, but I thought it was like something saying Wawa. I was like, I want Wawa. Wawa. You've never had Wawa. Don't lie. Water? No. Oh, my. <laughs> you West Coast child. Um, Let's what end the you... podcast. Oh, okay. Bye. <laughs> we both weaved it. I still think it's a really good show, and I'm intrigued and keep watching. Yes. Cool. What do you want to recommend? That's such a good question. I'm so glad you asked. And thank you for thanking me for asking you. <laughs> um, I'm going to recommend that everyone go to Spotify while they still can and do the um like only you like story thing if you have a spotify account if you're it works for the free ones but they have like your like birth signs and stuff for like music like your rising your moon sign your sun sign but like for whichever music like the wrapped thing at the end of the year but i guess it's in june now and it's not wrapped it's just your signs (laughs) It's a bad explanation. So they just pick playlists for you and they also give you a little story to post on like your Instagram and stuff. And mine felt like it was bullying me a little bit, but that's what I love. I can't even find this. Go on your, do you have the app on your phone? Oh, it's going on the web. Or yeah, you can only desktop. do it on your phone. Uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, but mine said like, hey, this is a weird, unique thing you did. Why did you listen to ABBA right after you listened to E40? And I was like, um, it's a rough <laughs> night, I think. I mean, I, <laughs> when I open the app, I, I do see the only you find out how you listen. But directly below that, I see your top shows, one of which is my own podcast. The other which is uh, Ryu McIntyre's Living and Learning. No, please just click the find out how you listen. <laughs> let's listen. Let's. Why? When are we going to pivot into a Reba McIntyre podcast discussion? Stop podcast? sending me Reba TikToks <laughs> and click this button. I'm going to get you into Reba Talk. Oh, it's near music when I clicked it. Oh, this is going to be so embarrassing. But nobody listens like, I thought that nobody listens to you for a second. <laughs> nobody <laughs> listens to you, Jeff. That's facts. Okay, well this- What did it say? Is it who, bullying Who you? else but you would li- would play Radwimps after Josie and the Pussycats? Fair. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> that was really good. It's, it's really weird to see like the Josie and the Pussycats album artwork with your name Radwimps. music over on top of it. <laughs> this is so good. It's I Love 7 music. Shut up. <laughs> It's so you to travel to 2016, 2010, 20. Who's Christina V? Um, she's a voice actress. Why is she in my thing? She does like covers of anime songs, I think. Oh. She's the voice of Marinette in Miraculous Ladybug. That's how I know. Nothing says you like going from Final Fantasy to Score Score. What's Score Score? I don't know what Score Score is. Oh, no. I, I think I, now I remember why Christina V's on here because she sang that song from the Steven Universe movie that I oh. listened to on repeat for weeks. So you saw the Steven Universe movie, right? I did, but I don't know which song that she did. She did like the villain song. Oh, she did like the credits version? No, I thought she was. That's not the movie version. Yeah, it is. It's not. Yeah, it is. No, there was a different voice actress for the what? movie version. What? That was better. Sorry, Wait. Christina. Wait, did I just listen to the alternate version over and over again? I think you listened to the cover version. Oh, no. What are your rising? What's your moon and what's your sun sign? Where is that? It should be after the... I'm at dream dinner party. Oh, damn. I guess you you skipped did it I or you it? don't have one. Oh, okay. 
I mean, I, I may have skipped past things. I was like, oh my god, this audio is not usable because it's just music in the background. <laughs> okay, audio birth chart, sun sign because of idol seven. That means they're your top artist. Yeah, that's his top artist. Moon sign is Kensuke Ushio. I don't even know who that is. Oh my god. Oh, I think that's what's that music from? Oh, oh, it's from the A Silent Voice movie. That song that plays when they're at the um. You have the most weeaboo ass Spotify. <laughs> when when right they're at now. the amusement park and without spoiling things, when like the things. What fall is off. your rising sign? Rising sign Hitoshi Sakamoto for the Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age soundtrack. <laughs> I'm going to drown you in the sea. <laughs> that's that music that's playing is Fantasy Tactics, though. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Who's at your dinner party? Did you pick? Oh, I, I closed it because I liked one of the risings. Oh my god, if I'd. Mine was very um, homosexual. For Dinner party. Dream dinner party. Alex Mukala, Masaharu Iwata, and Twice. <laughs> twice? <laughs> yes! You better pick Twice. Oh, I need to pick them. Oh, okay. Plus, plus, I don't recognize the other people in my... Oh, this is the music from... um. That game that I loved, and I don't remember the name. Okay, well, also, you need to recommend something so we can end this podcast. Okay. Well, I added the twice mix to my library. Hell okay. yeah. Um, well, now that was me going through my thing of Annie's recommendation, I am going to recommend an HBO show that recently wrapped up, but I have only seen the first two episodes of and still really liked, which is Mayor of Easttown, um, which is a small town murder investigation show, which... I- I, I think the the like crime investigation part of it is the least interesting part of it, and the thing that made me into it is that it's set in, in like the very specific part of Pennsylvania that I grew up in. And what a lot of people comment on is that Kate Winslet plays the main character Mayor, and she has the most bizarre accent. And when I listen, when I watch it, I'm like, she has no accent. What are you guys talking about? And then like Eric would be watching with me, and he'd be like, that accent's absurd. That's so unrealistic. And I'm like, there's no accent. That's just how people talk. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so she apparently, like, she nailed that, uh, southeastern Pennsylvania accent perfectly. Uh, but, so part of it is just nostalgia for where I grew up, but also it is a really interesting look at, like, a small town that is, like, so has such a complicated web of connections and, you know, like, everyone in the town knows each other and, like, Mayor's family is, like, pretty big and, like, all their French, their friends and, like, the whole town is connected and it's like, who, who could be the killer? There's an angle of that to it. But also, like, it, I don't know, is uh, more of a personal drama than a fun murder kind of thing. But it's really good. And, yeah, it's it's such a small town in real life that I mentioned the show to my mom. So I have an aunt who lives in literally the next town over. And my mom regularly goes visit goes to visit this aunt. And I mentioned the show to my mom. And my mom was like, East Town doesn't exist. That's not a real town. And I'm like, it's literally next to where she lives. Oh um, so it's a very small town in real life. But anyway, good show. And it's on HBO Max. That's where I'm watching it. Great. And they, they get cheese sticks. And I oh, want, I want cheese a cheese stick. stick. I want a hoagie. I want a Wawa hoagie. What is it? Okay, explain what a Wawa is. Oh my God. That's not baby talk for water. Disgusting. You d- you know what? A- you've heard people talk about Wawa. I'm sure you have. I've never heard someone mention Wawa other than water. Like, that's what babies call water. You're lying. You a Wawa? Everyone on the East Coast yes. hypes up Wawa. On the East Coast, but like New York, Pennsylvania. What the fuck is Wawa? It's a convenience store. It's not as good as like Japanese kombini, but like, it's pretty good. I Googled it. It is a convenience store. The main appeal of Wawa, like the actual, a lot of the convenience store items are just, um, you know, generic convenience store items. But the main appeal of Wawa is their um, sandwich counters have a touchscreen. So you can like customize your order exactly without having to talk to anyone, which is great. They also have like really good coffee and milkshakes. Mm, let me see milkshakes. I'm Things looking like that. at it now. It looks like a, a Sonic, but a gas station. No. Well, they also have gas stations. It looks like gas station Sonic. <laughs> Fun fact, in the TV show, the ABC sitcom, the ABC hit sitcom, The Goldbergs, they regularly go to a Wawa in the show that didn't actually exist. So, okay, the Goldbergs is set in the 80s in Jengatown, Pennsylvania, which is also the next town over from where I grew up. And there was not actually a Wawa there in the 80s. But in the show, they go to a Wawa, supposedly, in the 80s. And they recently did a, I don't know what it was for, I think it was for like the Wawa, like some kind of anniversary, did a cross promotion with the show where like at the at, at all Wawas, they put up signs that were like in 80s style that was like, and also like cross, there was a, a sandwich that 
is something that's been referenced on the Goldbergs and stuff. And anyway, so it was this like cross-promotional thing. And as part of the cross-promotional thing, they were supposed to have a premiere of the latest episode at the Jenkintown Wawa, which I am surprised. I tried Googling like on Twitter. There are people who like are such diehard fans of this ABC sitcom that they like consider this a holy ground. They go to this Jenkintown Wawa. Um, Anyway, my mom registered for this this premiere event at a Wawa and she like kept messaging me and be like, so I got tickets. Are you going to surprise me and just show up? And I'm like, I'm not flying to Pennsylvania to, to go see the latest episode of an ABC sitcom. <laughs> um, but then it turns out it was canceled the day of because there was a shooting a couple miles away. So that's that's what I'll well, Okay, then now I know about Wawa. That's all you know about Wawa. Are there any podcasts about Wawa? There have to be. Anyways, thank you for listening. Bye. If you want to tell Jeff that he's wrong about Wawa and it doesn't exist, you can send an email <laughs> to loveitorweaveit at gmail.com or tweet at us at loveitorweaveit. I'm really disappointed there is no... There is no official Wawa fan podcast. There will never be one, but if you'd like to request one or for <laughs> Jeff to do it, please leave a review on Apple Podcast. And I am definitely Jeff on Twitter. And I'm at any other name on Twitter. And join us next week for Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. I'm going to kill you with my <laughs> own bare hands. Uh, Legitimately. You are lucky we are 100 miles apart right now. <laughs> If this show made me feel a little disgusted and self-conscious of my own like lens as a 30-year-old watching anime, I'm sure that show's not going to do it. Bye! Bye! <laughs> and as we always say, when you're here, you're anime. Okay, are you ready? Uh, is anyone ever really ready in life? I mean, our time just comes for us whether we are ready or not, you know? Okay, I'm going to start then. <laughs> our time to become a pretty boy detective. Anyways. Club. I want a club sandwich. For oh you. my god. I, oh, I was about to go. <laughs> Where can I get a club sandwich? Time to go in person. Oh god. You know, okay, being outdoors is overrated. Why? Did you go outdoors today and hate it? Not today. On What's today? Wednesday? On Monday... I met a friend for brunch, and um, I think because we hadn't like reserved a table in advance, which I didn't realize the thing you're supposed to do now for limited capacity seating, or whatever. They were able to give us a table, but they were like, "Oh, we well, didn't reserve it, so like, um, let's take this table that already exists and like push it out into the sun." And um, so we sat in the sun for like two hours, and um, I'm very sunburned. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I didn't think going to brunch. I need to plan to bring sunscreen to go to brunch. Okay, I'm gonna start now so I can go. <laughs> I also don't think, I don't think places that sell subs could do a club sandwich. Okay, anyways. They're different specialties. It's kind of offensive <laughs> that you would lump them together. Jeffrey, Tony is giving me a look. <laughs> Tony's not the one that needs to be walked, so. It's true, but he's gonna, oh, he heard me say his name. <laughs> he's like a hawk. Oh my god, okay, ready? I guess so. <laughs>